And we're back to Heart Fails 73. This might be like part two Christmas. Like maybe for Christmas I'll give two podcasts in one week. I don't know. That's cool. But last Christmas, if you remember. You gave me your heart? I gave you something. <laughs> you buried the lead, dude. <laughs> Man. <laughs> And you threw it away. I looked in the trash the very next day, and there it was. Pearls. Pearls. I know that on our last episode, I was confused about your sacrificial system things. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I appreciate this. It was the, the three things, and I would like you to tell me those three things one more time slowly for the for the slow people in the back. Let me start off earlier than those three things because the sacrificial system didn't start until Moses and Aaron. Aaron was the first high priest. So we got to go back earlier than that. Okay. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Genesis 1, verse 1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and everything was good. And then man fell into sin. Okay. Are you with me? I. Yep, I'm with you. Excellent. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between her offspring and yours. What's enmity? I I, I will make a like a, a contradiction, not a contradiction, but um, what what is that called? Uh, I don't know. That's what I'm asking. A separation, a fight between okay. the two of you. Conflict. A conflict. I knew it was a c word. All right. Thank you. Got it. And I apologize if that is not the correct definition. I think it's close enough. Thank just you. To, you know to get the give me the general idea here now we go forward in time and we have everybody in the world is wicked okay so we're in 2019 we're well everywhere throughout the history but you have noah and his family right are the last people that are righteous that have even believe in god truly there's eight people left in the world or who knows how many hundreds of thousands or millions or whatever Eight people are in the ark. Okay. The ark saved them from the coming destruction. All right. When they got out of the ark, 100% of the population believed in God. Sure. And the first thing they did was sacrifice, make a sacrifice, right? Correct. Okay. I remember this from my schoolings. The very first thing after Adam and Eve sinned was God made a skin of clothing or a girdle. I'm not sure what the exact word says. It says that he fashioned skin into clothing to cover up their shame, to cover up their nakedness. God in the Garden of Eden actually made the first sacrifice. So now we go to the Old Testament. Okay, what was, hold on, hold on. God in the Garden of Eden made the first sacrifice, which was what? Uh, la, 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 la. Well, no, I mean, you just said it. Just give me a general. He uh, fashioned clothes. Skin that, of... That's a sacrifice for God. 
That's a sacrifice. Blood was shed to cover up their shame. Does that make sense? Uh, kind of not, because kind of not. I mean, me what does to... that does that co- what does that cost God? Why me... is that a sacrifice? No, God doesn't pay. God, it, God, God doesn't need us. Right. So, I mean, what is He sacrificing in the garden? Like you said, God made the first sacrifice. God kills the animal to fashion in order to cover up the sin of Adam and Eve. Let me go to the Bible here to actually read what it says. I see the correlation. I just don't see the correlation with the word sacrifice. I mean, I see the correlation that you're trying to make. Yeah, Genesis 3, verse 21, And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skin and clothed them. Which I understand. Okay. That's, that's the key, is clothing them with the sacrifice. Right. Because when you take the skin off of an animal... It doesn't walk around for too much longer. No, I suppose not. No. So I okay. So I, I understand. I understand the correlation completely. I I just didn't understand the way it's worded or the way that you were like, hey, God made the first sacrifice. Well, God did this thing that like points to the sacrifice He's going to make later. Correct. You know, the shedding of blood. Right. So now that Noah sacrificed after the ark. Okay. We go ahead. We get Abraham. Isaac. Well, Abraham first. Abraham's a heathen. I think we talked about that. We did, because I don't remember that very well. Yes. But it was, he was Abraham because then afterwards he became Abram, or the other way around? It was Abram, and then he became Abraham. Okay. But him, when he was in Ur, he was a heathen. Joshua, I believe it's in the book of Joshua, that mentions that, that he was a heathen. He and his father and his family served false gods. God called him out of Ur, and it was by faith that Abraham did and followed God. So we have that. The sacrifice that Abram or Abraham made was when he had a tenth of the plunder, he gave it to Melchizedek. Okay. Hold on. Stop. First things first. God called Abraham. It was by faith. Yes. What does that mean? He had no faith. He was a heathen. How could he just, by faith? Faith is hope of which we do not see. I'm gonna Being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you, what you do not, not see. see. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> that is awesome but that you know that. How did he suddenly become sure of what he hoped for when he was a heathen? Is what I'm trying to say. God you're like, called oh, him. by faith. God called him. Okay. This is my entire, I can't make anyone a Christian. Right. It I, is only God who calls people. Okay. All right. Okay. So, all right. I'm with you now. Now he had a tenth of the plunder. Let's not talk biblical terms. Let's okay, talk English. That's actually not. We'll we'll go we'll go faster because I'm not going fast enough for this. I apologize. So all men are sinful, correct? Everybody yeah. fell through Adam and Eve. Absolutely. Everybody's sinful. God says, "I'm going to fix it." He makes the prophecy of. The enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. What does that have to do with the sacrifice? That's where we're going. So there, every single person knew the prophecy of the Messiah to come in the Jewish nation. They knew what that meant because there's way more prophecies throughout Genesis and Exodus that all point to Jesus. Right. Once you have the Israelites coming out of Egypt and 
released from bondage of slavery. Okay. You Exodus Moses got it. Right? Yep. You're you're going. You get the law of law of God. We have the Ten Commandments. We yep. have the ceremonial laws. We have the sacrificial system. This is the end of Exodus. This is with the tabernacle and eventually with the temple. There's a sacrificial system that's set up so that every single day the high priest has to offer sacrifices for the sins of the people. If you knowingly sin for something, your job as a good Israelite was to bring the appropriate sacrifice to the tabernacle or the temple offer it to the high priest or the priests and they would prepare it and sacrifice it to God for you and then they would say you are now forgiven of your sins okay I understand this is the sacrificial system what this did as I said last time according to Alistair Begg because Alistair Begg is awesome I agree by the way the three things that everyone knew from the sacrificial system first thing forgiveness is costly Giving up an animal in that society was a huge life sacrifice. Okay. Uh, yep. That that makes sense. Old Testament, that makes sense. Yes. Forgiveness is costly. Okay. okay. Next. The second thing is the punishment due. The cost of sin, the penalty that you have to pay and everybody needs to pay for sin. Is death. Is death. The wages of sin is death. Okay. The animal... It was known as atoning sacrifice. There was different sacrifices depending upon the sins. And one of the things that the high priest did was he did offer, I believe, once a year. And I I might mangle this. I apologize. But once a year, the high priest went into the holiest of holies with blood and had... I don't remember exactly the details, but it was the once a year day of atonement. It was the sacrifice that's performed for all people once a year. And it was the only day of the year that only the high priest was allowed in the intersection of the tabernacle and eventually the temple as the holy of holies places. Okay. The third thing was with the shedding of blood, there can without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. So those three things, forgiveness is costly, punishment due to sin is death. And the third thing is that without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. Okay. I understand how all of that points to Jesus. Yes. I understand how all of it points to Jesus. What I don't understand are the sacrifices costly, right? Yes cool. God made the sacrifice for us. Correct. So it's not costly to us. It is though. How? Because we have to sacrifice our lives. We have to sacrifice self, actually, is the better way to term it. The only way that you actually... Oh, see, this is one of those times where my words become very spaced apart. That's okay. Just, you know, there's no hurry, man. Just, uh, I I understand you're trying to word it the best you can. It doesn't, you know, I mean, I'm not going to... If you're hold, if if a person is holding on to themselves, and they put themselves above God, then their pride and themselves is actually their idol. That and makes that sense. Is, that is one of those things that, whenever I I know somebody's struggling with the faith, 
the question that I usually ask in my head is, what are they not willing to give up? What You've asked part, me that before. What part of your life? And this isn't like, oh, you like Isaac, um, Abraham and Isaac. Yeah, I do. That boggles my mind. That, that blows my mind. I could never I even, even imagine doing that. That pointed to Jesus. Absolutely. So did. obviously. Absolutely. He tested his faith. We do not have to go up on a mountain with our oldest son and do this. That's not what it's about. I understand. I mean, I'd fail. I mean, I'd fail because I'm not able to give that. I'm, I mean, that's part of myself that I'm not able to do. Hmm. I don't know how that, I, I mean. But you don't have to. Thank goodness. Are you talking about your son? Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to do that from a literal kill him sense. I'm, if you go, yeah, I'm aware. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to clarify well, this. Well, I appreciate that, and I, you know, I think my son <laughs> I don't appreciates want to it be even this, more. This yeah. tape to be evidence for something. <laughs> we need to put our children below God, though, or a more accurate description is we need to put God above our children. Sure. The thing that it it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Everything that God has us do, it's always the opposite of what we would expect. If you're going to rule over people, you have to humble yourself. No, see, those things sort of make sense to me. Okay. So when you say it's the opposite of what we'd expect, well, I'm I'm freaking weird. So maybe maybe it makes sense to me because it is what I would expect. What I think the struggle is is that everything that God would have us nice catch, by the way, ninja. <laughs> everything that God would have us do is different or the opposite of what human nature wants us to do. Correct. And that's the struggle because. I don't know about you, but I've grown up as a human in human nature with other humans and their nature of being human, you know, humanizing me because it's natural. I have human nature a lot in there. Which you follow that? But the point is, is that the world has given me their opinions. I've grown up in their opinions. I've become accustomed to their opinions and their customs. How do I? Don't watch the news. Well, or American Idol. Oh man, American Idol. It was just all right Is for the dog. Is that still a show? I, I, I don't have know, no man. idea. I don't know. Um, but I mean it's hard. It's hard. it's it's extremely hard to say it's hard is like minimizing it. Correct. Uh, it's near impossible to uh, to turn away from all of the the normal human things that I'm accustomed to and just start being like got to pay attention to, uh, you know, the Bible. Let me back it up. Because if you remember, my gospel message a couple episodes ago was God died for me. That's my gospel message. Right. And that's what I'm trying to do here is give the gospel message. But I've done it way more elaborately than I planned on doing, and I apologize for that. But the gospel message to elaborate God died for me is God created everything good. All men are sinful. Christ came on Christmas. And actually Christmas, but Christmas celebrates it. Thanks for putting that together for me. Wow. It's a, it's a late late night right now. It's hot in this booth again, isn't it? It is. Let me ask you this, <laughs> all right? God made everything good, but all men are sinful. Man brought sin into the world. He did. Let's stick with the gospel here, though, because okay. Jesus, every temptation that you have in life, Jesus experienced it. And that's maybe the thing that somebody, that uh, an outsider doesn't, um, relate to Jesus in that way, thinking, well, he's God, he can do anything. He became fully human, and he it wasn't just the four temptations of Satan in Luke. Right. It was throughout his life. 
he was tempted in every way that every human being is tempted throughout their life. I can't resist temptation. You said that you cannot resist temptation either. There's lots of things that we do that we know are wrong, but yet we still do them. And we struggle with sin. We struggle with living. We struggle with our humanity. Jesus was fully human and he overcame all of that. That is amazing. Right. If we knew somebody now who overcame all temptation, most people in the world would be like, wow, look at that guy. He's really, he's a pretty good person. He's like a god. Yeah. Yeah. But that's one possible reaction. Another possible reaction is, oh, he thinks he's so great. Correct. And that's our sinful nature. And that's exactly what we read about in the Bible. You had people that were reacting and saying, who is this man? No man ever spake like him before when the Roman guards were, or the temple guards were sent to arrest him pretty much. No, we didn't, we didn't do it. This guy is different. Christ lived a perfect life. Right. He was the Passover lamb. He was the perfect atoning sacrifice. Right. That I... all sacrifices pointed to him. So now he's dead. He said, it is finished. It's over. It's done. There's no more sacrifices that need to be done for sin. The only thing that God asks us to do is from your readings in John, believe in Jesus. Believe in the one the Father has sent. So, he proved he was God, by the way, three days later, rising from the dead. This is one of those times where you answered a question for me. Um, in the same podcast as I asked it. Oh, cool. Excellent. Um, I'm getting better at this. Several minutes later. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, and I'm not digging it. I mean, I'm just picking on you because I know the gospel message. I, I, I mean, I know the sacrifices were pointing to Jesus. I understand that from a intellectual standpoint, right? I think where the confusion comes in, and there's no confusion anymore because you've just cleared it up for me, but I think where the confusion was coming in is, well, how can I put this blatantly? Why are we talking about the sacrificial system? What does that have to do with Christmas? Because Christmas is all about Christ is born today. Right. And everyone's joyful and gleeful. There's adjectives that I need to use right now. So let's just play Mad Libs and everyone in their head. Just fill in the blank with an adjective that describes what Christmas is to you. Huh. Nobody gives a Good Friday sermon on Christmas because a Good Friday sermon that's when you talk about the cross okay that's kind of where I'm going with this is we need to look at the cross every single day we need to fix our eyes on Jesus every single day and we actually need to understand why Jesus was born not just the fact that he was born which is the greatest miracle ever for he sure was born of a virgin that was prophesied thousands of years before it happened to people that had, were dispersed all over thousands and thousands of miles kind of thing. My goal is to remind people the reason for the season isn't family. The reason for the season isn't to be joyful. The reason for the season isn't just to be kind to people. The reason for the season 
is Jesus, God died for me. And until somebody actually takes that to heart, we're not going to have a perfect Christmas. We're never going to have a perfect Christmas. Well, no, no, we're not. There was a, uh, and this is kind of a sidetrack, I apologize, but Saturday Night Live was the best when Dana Carvey and Phil Hartman and all those guys were on there. They had the dysfunctional family Christmas album with Dana Carvey and whoever one time. And it was, leave me alone, please go away. I'm doing fine, just get away. Leave me alone. <laughs> Great, I love that. If I could think of my favorite Christmas song, the Saturday Night Live dysfunctional family Christmas, that would probably be my favorite That's secular Christmas song. Certainly. The season track. is hard for people, dude. Well, the season's hard for people because the world's made it hard for people. Okay. Well, sin has made it hard. Well, yeah. Because That's the world, man. I mean, it's it's we, not anything what it's supposed to be about. People believe media and this, what's the Tiny Tim, what is that, Scrooge? What? T- oh, a the- Christmas Carol. Yeah. Right? I was thinking of uh, Tiptoe Through the Tulips. Oh, uh, isn't no. that Tiny Tim? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. You're talking about the little kid with the legs and the- Please, sir, can I have some more? Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Man. Pudding? Yeah. I don't. P- porridge? I, I don't know. Wow. The, I think I understand what you're trying to say here. I mean, I'm this... trying to give my Christmas message. I, no, that's what I'm Which isn't my message at all. I mean, when it really comes down to it. Well, no. I love this time of the year. I do. Because, you know, my kids are happy. Wow. <laughs> like, they're... <laughs> They're they're looking forward to all the things that go along with a 21st century Christmas. Okay. Christmas trees and gifts and snow and sledding and all these different kind of stuffs. I'm completely fine with that. I'm not the Christian that says, no, you can't have a Christmas tree. and No, you can't do this. and No, you can't do that. The Bible doesn't say that you can't do those things. It says you need to be sure that, first of all, you're putting God number one. Second of all, anything that's not condemned here, you're okay as long as it's not put above God, which I think I just said. I apologize. I'm repeating myself. No, it's all right. Like I said, I, I think I understand, you know, what you're trying to say, you know, because it's, I was just talking to a friend last night, maybe the night before, I don't know. Like, hey, man, how's it going? How are things? How are things? You know, it's Christmas time. It's Christmas season. How is the family? How, you know, how is this going? You know? Yeah, man, it's the same old, same old, everything's good. It's a little bit stressful, you know, trying to get the presents, but everybody's excited, blah de blah blah He's like, yeah, man, how's, how are things with you? I'm like, you know, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I, I used to uh, I used to worry a lot about trying to make sure that uh, I had the house decorated for Christmas and that I had a, a good enough house to have Christmas in. Like, I didn't want to be living in some, you know, junky place. Uh, I wanted it to be, you know, newer and nicer so that I could make it look good for the kids because that's what they deserved they deserved a nice place for christmas and it's changed for me it's it's changed for me completely because i i grew up in a good family with a nice place and so i had intentions of when i became an adult with my own family to have the same type of lifestyle however i didn't carry god with me and so which believe it or not i'm starting to think i don't want to say it's a good thing I'm starting to understand that maybe that's all part of his plan. If he indeed does have a plan for each individual, oh, I don't know. Plan. You know, and if he does, that was all part of it, obviously. Because had I not gone through, had I had I not turned my back on the religion like I did, 
and gone through some of the stupid decision-making things that I did, which ended up resulting in uh, horrific outcomes for me socially, I would have never been able to have this physical, emotional, mental redemption that I've had uh, because I think more clearly now. I understand people better. I understand the world better. My brain isn't broken. I don't have these cognitive distortions of grandeur that I used to have or these these thinking errors, these huge thinking errors that I used to have. I'm aware of my flaws. I'm aware of my sins. Before, it was easy to just know that I had them but not pay attention to what they were. Now I'm aware of them, uh, which makes me able to stop some of them or try to better myself with with other ones. Point being is that I look at my kids now. I look at Christmas time now. Christmas is coming, man. I haven't even put up a single decoration. I went out. I bought some presents for them. There's no tree. You don't need one. There's no lights. Do you want a tree? I don't know. I got a, 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 I got stuff that I want to get rid of in I, my house. I have a whole bunch of stuff in my garage that I okay. haven't done anything with. Excellent. The, the, the thought I just keep having is, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I'd like to put some stuff up and just kind of make it all right. But I was telling my buddy, I'm like, dude, you know, I'm just, I don't care what kind of place I have anymore. I'm just happy that I have a place. You know, I'm happy that I have a roof. I don't really care too much about having the Christmas tree and and really sitting down with a with a Tom and Jerry's or hot chocolate and you know like they put in these these freaking Hallmark commercials I don't care about that because what it really comes down to the message that Hallmark is trying to tell you with all of the crap that's in their commercials is that family is what's important and even that is incorrect as you just said but I'm just happy to have this these moments with my children and I want to be able to talk to them kind of about what Christmas is all about in that understanding, be able to appreciate the gift of our relationships, you know, our being close, you know, our time together. Does that make any sense to you? No, it completely makes sense. I agree with family being a very important part of the holiday. Are you ready for this? Blow my mind, dude. Excellent. (laughs) Everybody who's listening to this is after I say this, this is where you stop the butt or you turn it off and you never listen to this again. If they already did. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't have to say it. That. That's good. I'm still listening. The only family that matters is father and son I understand and Holy that. Spirit. Sure. I understand that. The three in one. Here's the wonderful thing about how this is all set up. If you are a part of that family, your earthly family love and care and kindness and generosity and every emotion that you can think of that's promoted on Hallmark and all these different commercials and all this different stuff, that will flow out of you and your earthly family will recognize that. They will then have the opportunity to say, this is amazing. Or they will say, I don't like this. Get me away from it. I don't want anything to do to that guy because he thinks he's better than us or what's going on with him or whatever. The point is, I've told my family, my direct family, my children and my wife, I wouldn't be able to be the dad that I am for them if I wasn't in Christ. I would probably be the very frustrated, the very unhappy, the very, I don't even want to know what kind of father I would be without having God in my life. It's such a blessing to know that I can be a 
better dad and a better husband and a better friend and every b word that i use is popping up on that audio bar that's cool that's all right that's all right you know i just i the more i become aware i mean and, and these and these conversations that we have these episodes that we do or whatever kind of enhance my awareness to in the same way that like a, a, a therapy group or a therapy session or any of those types of things that I've done in the past would do in a similar way. Definitely not the same, but similar. That was more emotional, mental. This is more spiritual. Is it more personal as well? Adam, you assume too much. You do. You do. It is, it's, it's not more personal. And maybe it will be at some point in time, but it's not right now. It's, okay. it's, it's not. But that's just because I have been extremely personal in other, you know, in other settings. Are we kind of like Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner? Just kind of like we're doing this dance and chase and game and all that kind of stuff. Or no, was it the Sheepdog actually? It was Wiley Coyote and the Sheepdog that tried. The Wiley Coyote kept on trying to steal the sheep from the Sheepdog. Right, they'd get out there, and, and then, then the sheepdog would punch him in the face. Yep. And, and then at the end of the day, they would both punch clock out. out. <laughs> see you, Del- see Bye. you tomorrow. Bye, Ralph. Yeah. See you, Frank. Yep. Yep. Is yeah. that pretty much what this podcast I, is? I think it is, yeah. Okay. Excellent. I mean, I think it is. want to set the ground of it where sounds, we're it actually It sounds about at. right. You actually gave a really big compliment about what this is, and that it's really not either of ours. And I think that's why it does. It's. I mean, I, I feel like it's working. It's it's working in a different way than I imagined. I had no idea what we were doing when we got in this booth. I still have no idea what we're doing, but I feel like it works. Here's the thing is I I it's something's happening because I'm noticing things that I didn't notice before because just like, you know, therapy taught me to be aware of my feelings and you know my whatever. These these podcasts are the things that we discuss in here. They follow me when we leave the booth and I'm aware of them. Uh, I recognize some of the things that we talk about in in my peers, other people around me, whether it's uh, whether it's buddies that I sit down and talk to, whether it's you know a stranger on the street, whether it's people at work, you know whatever it is, I recognize it, and in some ways it makes me realize that I have a little bit more faith than I thought that I did, or God's working on me, which is kind of cool. I mean, it's really cool. In other ways, it makes me really sad uh, for, like, people because I notice things that are, like, never going to change. Like, this is my opinion about something because this is what the world tells me, and this person is so hard-headed that they will never, to me it seems, that they will never change their opinion, never let anybody else even influence their opinion. And it's really, it makes a guy sad. I don't know. You know, I I don't know. You know that God made an ostrich, right? Like in general? Like created an ostrich. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe it was a different type of bird when he created it, but we now have an ostrich. Okay. The God that can create an ostrich and a coyote and an earthworm and a mosquito. Maybe not so much a mosquito, but hey, it is really awesome. I don't like those things. And a human being, he can change somebody from being the most horrible person, which I don't know about other people, but that was me, to somebody who is now saved. 
God save me. For all intents and purposes, a miracle as well. Because I can't do that. Nobody else could do it for me. The only person who could do it was God. That's so, so interesting to me. Like, just the, even the way that you say it. And that's, it, it bugs me, all right? It bugs me, the contrast between... I mean, you said at one point in time, man, the, the world is seeping into God's word, right? Like meaning the church is even, you know, kind of taking the world's view. And it, it just bugs me the contrast between faith and society. The contrast drives me absolutely crazy. You just said, God saved me and I was the most horrible person. I bet as far as society goes, they looked at you and thought, you were a pretty good person because I remember looking at you and going, he's a pretty good guy. Now, as far as society looking at me, they look at me and go, oh, dude, nice guy, but man, he has done some bad things. And, and some parts of society would say, you know, put him in jail, whatever. You know, when I was younger, I used to, I used to see these, these, these guys in like, um, I don't know, like 2020 or whatever, some hard gang banger or something that killed 30 people when he was a member of some gang out in California. And now he's become a Christian since he's been in prison. And I would think to myself, like, what a load of crap. This guy did all this crap. And now he thinks because somebody came into him with a Bible and he's read it that he's he's a, he's good now. What a load of crap. That was Christian Tommy that went to Christian school during that period of my life where I would think, what a load of crap, you know? Now, fast forward to where I am now, I think people still have that opinion because they've never been through it. Now that I've been through some of that kind of junk and have come out the other side or I'm starting to come out the other side, it's kind of like, first of all, the therapy and the mental and the emotional freedom and being aware of those things is is freeing. And now we have these spiritual faith-like conversations in here, and there's just more freedom, and it's more just opens my eyes to a whole different thing. And then I see the rest of the world out there who's looking at the same thing, but they have the same opinion that I used to have. And it's just, it's crazy to me. It's just sad to me. They're blind. And it's sad because they think, you know, like, I mean, they think, well, we all are. Well, right. But I mean, Even... they're so blind that they don't realize that the person standing next to them is a... Or that they're looking at me. You know what I'm trying to say? I don't know. Maybe, you know, they don't realize that they're just as guilty. Correct. Um, you know, like you said something about the, you know, like there were different sacrifices for different sins. Correct. I don't even want to get started on that again because we're going to take it down a different road. But if all and sins... we're running out of time. If all sins are the same... What makes people look at me differently than they look at their mother or their cousin or their uncle or their brother or their, you know. Their hard heart. And it's sad. And it's never going to change. That's what I'm trying to say. That's, I agree. But then God can change them, but. And it's up to Christians to actually be the good foot soldiers, the good stewards of the faith that we are shining and reflecting God's light that we are the ones who people can have nothing to say against us when they do accuse us of wrongdoing. 
They say, well, actually, just like with Jesus at the trial, many people were accusing him, him of different things, but nothing stuck. And we're supposed to follow Christ as Christians so that we're blameless as well. Now, the problem is that, you know, we're still sinful. So it comes with recognizing our sin and turning away from our sin, being in God's word at all times, having a church family that actually does what a church family is supposed to do, which isn't just get come up to you and say, hi, 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 how are you? Smile. How's the kids? What you doing this weekend? No, that actually edifies and encourages and corrects. Yes, your church family is actually supposed to point out your sins to you. That's what I've been telling you I want the whole time from <laughs> church, man. I want to go in there. I want you to say, hey, you're doing this wrong. Cool. How do I fix it? Help me. We're going to start a Bible study, you and I. All right. That's what I really apologize because every time that I try and kind of dig into a biblical concept on these podcasts, I feel like I fail at it. I need my notes kind of thing. Don't get into my low self-esteem Dude, here. <laughs> oh, come on. All right. No, man, because here's what happens, right? Because you have uh... We got to wrap it up. Here's the problem. Yes. When you get into these things, right, it's not anything that you're doing wrong. You're not failing at anything. It's just that I ask a question because I don't understand something. And while there might be a quick 30-second uh, answer, you want to explain why that 30-second answer is valid. So you'll stretch out both sides of it, and it goes to 60 seconds, but that's not good enough in your brain. So then it goes to, you know, two minutes, and then pretty soon we're talking a half an hour, and you're talking about the Babylonian captivity, and I have no freaking clue where we're at, and I'm so lost. And then I'm like, dude, all you had to say was because uh, everything points to Jesus. That would have been sufficient, you know? But I understand what you're trying to do. Sometimes... You want to explain things that I'm not ready to understand yet. That's all. That's cool. I appreciate that. Well, knock my, it off. Okay. My, <laughs> my art teacher, I went to MCAD for a semester. I remember that. Oh. And she told me, she said, Adam, you're so mathematical. Everything is so in place and orderly. Was she a gypsy? That was kind of like Eastern European is where I was so going. So maybe. Okay. Or she could have been right. maybe Romania, I, maybe I Lithuania. I scarf and like a crystal Czech ball. Republic. All right. Okay. I'm actually Polish, depending upon if Germany conquered them at the time that my great-great-grandpa was born or not. All right. So I'm okay. either German or Polish, depending on who was collecting the taxes. Got it. Okay. All right. Excellent. So Final, she'd say to you what? With my art, it's so like I would I would make a piece of art, like it was color and comp 2D, which basically, do you remember kindergarten? Barely. Yeah, but that's what we were doing in art class in college, but it was costing like two grand instead of kindergarten. All right. Like we were cutting out colors and shapes and pasting them on a board. Okay. And I did like the um, the the scene of Gene Kelly with the um, umbrella hanging off the light yeah. pole and singing in the rain. Yeah. Like I did that all in blue and then in the background I did Audrey Hepburn with walking down the steps red all the steps were red and then she was red kind of thing. And I it was very mathematical though. Like everything was perfectly in order and everything was all in its place. You witnessed one of my it wasn't a mental breakdown, but I just didn't want to talk to you and our buddy at Perkins one time. And so I think I spent an hour and half an hour that was weird. arranging yeah. everything on the table. And you and our other buddy 
were just sitting there just staring at me. I remember that. And it was like a long time. If you guys tried to grab something out of its place, I gave you a look. I remember this vividly. <laughs> I wonder if he remembers this. I'm sure he does. He does. There's no forgetting that. He does that. remember. But I was so, like, I was, I don't know what was going on in my head. But no, it, it, was, it was amazing to me that you guys were... I don't want to say entertained because I don't think a lot of people are that entertained by my psychosis. <laughs> but uh, how's that for a group word? Yeah. Let's bring this to a wrap. In West Philadelphia. No, bo- no, no, no. All right, man. Do I mean, you have a clothing? Uh, do you have a clothing? Clothing line? line. I do. I do. No, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, so it's, I mean, we we started out with Christmas, you know. You 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 gave me your gospel message. I understand why it's, uh, you know, it's important to remember that on Christmas. I, I mean, I think it's really cool to be able to look at the story of the birth and how so many things were going against Mary and Joseph, man. That that it was kind of just miraculous in and of itself that they even found a place to have Jesus. You know, everything. Thing that happened in the story was a fulfillment of prophecy, right? Which I mean, it's I mean that's cool. Um, so it's not just about a living nativity scene; it's about the fulfillment of prophecy. And so, if my advice for anyone out there, let's go find out what the prophecies were that were fulfilled, rather than just go and look at a living nativity scene. Give me this as a final thought: Why Excellent. does it why does it matter what the prophecies were? When we know that it was fulfilled. Why? I guess what I'm saying is if I tell you tonight that on Monday night, the Vikings are going to beat the Packers 24 to 10. Sorry about your luck, Packer fans. And then on Monday, I'm right. What does it matter that I told you that tonight? It's more amazing if you told us 200 years ago. Well, if I, right, I understand that, but I'm saying, what is it? What is it? I mean, I get that it's amazing. I get that it's miraculous. I get that it's. Uh, but aside from that, it shows the inerrancy of Scripture, and it shows the attribute of God that He knows everything and that He is true to His word. God cannot lie. It's very important to find that out. The attributes of who you're dealing with. Okay. Because there's lots of quote-unquote religious books out there and whatnot. And most of them, if not all of them, besides the Bible, do not fulfill prophecy. I know know we got to close this down. Here's the issue that I have. I wouldn't even say it's an issue. John the Baptist, he talked about the prophecies, some of them. Because it was being fulfilled right then. Paul didn't talk about the prophecies nearly as much as people before him because they'd already been fulfilled. He talked about the gospel and what we need to do as Christians to just believe in God. John's, you know, said in 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 the book of John, it says, you know, all you have to do is is believe in Jesus, you know. I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that for someone who's newer to faith experiences, to God in general, to Christ, to talk about these prophecies that are in, you know, the book of Daniel, 
Ezekiel, you know, whatever. Dude, you know, it's too much right away. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I don't know, I turn on like a 1980s miniseries and have me watch that, I'm going to fall asleep. You know, I mean, I, I get I get the point of it, and I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle any of it, but it's too much to start. Like, I got to start with what John said and, you know, what the letter to the Romans said. And, and that's a good starting point for me because it's relatable to where I'm at, to where the world is at. And then once I have some sort of solid footing, then, sure, bring me back. Bring me back to prophecies and let me just affirm those things. I don't know if any of that makes sense. I got you. All right. I'm with you. Because you know, you're looking at me like, so I just keep talking. Because you're looking at me like, I don't know what you're saying, so I'm just going to keep babbling until you till you do. Where are you at in John? Come on, dude. I'm at... Uh, 10 still, right? Yeah, I'm still at okay, 10. that's cool. I'm still at 10. Okay. Uh, Next uh, couple weeks, we'll hopefully get to maybe 10, 11, 12. I mean, that's the plan. There. I mean, if, if it We never for, plan no. anything that we're going to talk well, about here, no. if, if that's not obvious to people. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. I will tell you this. Here's my final thought. Something's working because I talked to my, my, my son, and I did mention to him, well, I had the podcast on in the truck uh, as we're driving. Both kids at two different times. One kid has his big old earphones on, and he, like, must have been in between songs, but suddenly he looks at me, pulls one ear back, and he's like, that sounds like you. And I'm like, it is me. He's like, what is this? I'm like, it's a podcast, man. He's like, you do a podcast? Your yeah. son didn't it, even know? Right. No, neither of them knew. Okay. Uh, and then the other one was like, you do a podcast? So, I mean, I've mentioned to both of them now that maybe we'll read the Bible together. There you you know, know, I've just been reading a little bit here and there. I've only gotten this far, but, you know, maybe we'll read a paragraph together to start just to see you know and one of them said yeah that'd be good the other one said yeah i i would really like that but i think i'm gonna get bored either way it's a start i mean it was something that's my final thought this has been doing something that was my final thought stop looking at me all weird it makes me like all self-conscious and i keep talking i'm telling you man trying to remember what the podcast is called is what i'm trying to do this one yeah uh, heart fails, 73. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Happy Christmas, everyone. Yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs>